Good morning, everybody. We are, um, I want to thank you for coming out the, this morning. Um, I know there are less seats in the sanctuary according to the, uh, you know, the requirements for the distancing. Um, and I know that that's kind of uncomfortable for some of us, but the fact is, is we need to remember why do we come to church in the first place? You know, we come to fellowship, we come to say hi, we come to be encouraged, and then we, we come to get taught. Uh, so getting taught in the back or in the front really doesn't have much of a difference. You're still here congregating with your family. Uh, so remember you know, why we come. We come to receive from God. Now, um, as I said, we're going to be doing a little something a little different today. We usually you know, do the songs and the announcements, and uh, then we go into our worship set, and then we go to the sermon. Well, we're not going to do that today. We're going to leave our worship set at the end. And you're going to go, what? Well, you know, there's a reason for it. I think, you know, uh, we are coming into a place where we need to remember that times are going to get difficult as we go forward. And I wanted you to experience what it would be to just come and not have worship. Because really, truly, we take for granted a whole lot of things, don't we? Uh, so I want to, uh, God has given me a message for this time uh, that, that f finishes off with the step series and then, um, but I want to give you 1 Thessalonians 5 just to show you that we're not the first ones that have gone through this. It says here, now brothers and sisters, now he's talking to the church, about times and dates we do not need to write to you for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will, will come on them suddenly as labor pains. Then he says this in verse 4, But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief. <laughs> Why are we so surprised that we're going through all of this with the pandemic? As children of God, God has already prepared us. He's already called us to not fret, to not be anxious over anything. Then he says in verse 5, You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or the darkness. So then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. So today we decided to do something a little different uh, because as of this day, uh, the New Brunswick will be watching a lot of the churches because a lot of the churches have had a lot of outbreaks. We have been thankful that God has kept us, but we have been very, very disciplined and very, very obedient and very honoring to the request of the government. But there are some things that I probably will never ever cease to do is to gather, is to sing, is to love on people who are called by the name of Jesus. We can't cease to be any of that, beloved, because of what we're going through. But we will disinfect our hands, we will do the distancing, and we will do all that we can to honor the government. But we will honor God as well. So today, we're gonna do a little bit different, but we're gonna do also our ceremony of, uh, um, of communion. So Pastor Glenn will come, I'm gonna ask um, Erica to come, and she's gonna do a few announcements, very hot spot announcements for you guys to remember, and then we're gonna ask Pastor Glenn to come up and do communion. The little cups, for those that thought it was a little jam and a little toast together, it isn't. That's the communion set. <laughs> just in case some of you were coming to church hungry, right? Uh, so we just have a few announcements uh, to go through. 
So we want, I know that I've posted a little video on Facebook uh, this week, but just for those who didn't see it, so for those who, you know, work on Sundays, on some Sundays, and watch online, as, as some of you have noticed, we were playing last week's sermon live, fake live, uh, but we, re we recognized that it was, it was difficult for those who were missing because of work, and then they end up watching the same sermon twice. So we, because we wanted just to, uh, just to be more effective, uh, so starting next week, which is Thanksgiving weekend, which is kind of a great way to kick it off, the Sunday morning for online, there'll be the last, uh, this week's Today. sermon uh, again there. But at 6.30, you will have our Thanksgiving service. So now, starting next week, uh, the live will go at 6.30 p.m. So that way you get that that day's sermon so it'll go live through youtube facebook and our website and what i really love sometimes with facebook you're trying to find the notification for the the live but with our website we really want to encourage you to go straight to our website because at the very top it's right there and so it's playing there live and if let's just say you missed a few minutes well you can rewind it for those of us who know what rewinding is it's not a term that our young people do because they don't have cassettes anymore but we know what that means uh, and so uh, if ever you want to know what the website is on your way out uh, through the extension on the table there are little magnets with the website address so you can stick it on your fridge and that way you can always find our website very easily and it's really great because a lot of things are going through our website and we want to make it our, our main hub because who knows is what it's going to happen. You know, with Facebook, I mean, it's starting to get more and more control. The government is putting on more and more rules and regulations. So I don't know how long we'll be able to use Facebook as uh, our main platform. So it, on YouTube, Facebook, and our website, we're going to go live. So that's starting next week. No, October 17th. But we're Next still have, we have two bonuses. Oh, yes, yes, yes. 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 We'll, still, we'll still have the 630. At, yes. uh, the, yes. So also, uh, something that's very near and dear to my heart, uh, we will be having or we want to have a trunk or treat. We want to bless our children. Uh, I know that with, with rules and regulations, our children really get shot under the bus. And so, and they... A lot of the, the blessings that we offer our children are being taken away. And so we still want to have uh, a, a harvest fest, but in order to respect the rules that the government's put in place, we decided this year we're going to have a trunk or treat. Now, for those who don't know what a trunk or treat is, uh, come and see me. <laughs> so we want to invite uh, anybody who would like to decorate the back of their trunk. There's so many ideas on Pinterest. If ever you, you want to participate, but you're like, I'm not creative. I don't know how, what to do. Come and see me. I'll give you lots of ideas. In the past years, I used to kind of have a, a strict... Um, uh, theme. I'm not giving a strict theme because I want people to participate. And so children will go trunk to trunk and be given candy. And that way you can do the physical distancing. You can disinfect your hand at every station. I don't, you know, whatever it takes just mm -hmm. to bless our children and to bless the children, whoever wants to come in our community. It's something that that has been suffering a lot. So, and those who want to give candy donations, next week I will be going around with a my clipboard to uh, just ask anybody who would like to participate or want to donate uh, to our children. And on the same theme of our children, um, we will be having a conference. Next slide. I don't know if it's recent. There you go. It's called The Art of Parenting. I don't know if any, any of you have ever watched the movie Like Arrows. Uh, it's on Netflix. Very 
touching film, very godly uh, movie. And it's really, it's based on Psalm 127, uh, verse 4. It says, like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. And it, it says, children are a heritage from the Lord, offsprings uh, a reward from him. And so we're going to be giving a uh, parenting conference. It's $20. The meals are included. And it's going to be a three-day session. So we start Friday here at the church. We're still looking into uh, doing it uh, maybe at the conference room on the Saturday and then in November we'll have the last portion because there's like an it's an eight uh, session uh, or eight uh, clip uh, 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 conference that be, that's going to be given by ours truly Pastor Mona which is really exciting us women we got a little taste of it last time it was really great to have a, that conference so now we're opening it to anyone even if you're not a parent I encourage you to to come and join us because we all our heart our, our children are important here at our church and lastly, our mission focus for this, uh, oh yes, we do have the, our, our new Bible study coming. Uh, so we're going to finish off uh, Kingdom Discipleship. And then we're going to be doing this really on point, I mean on point Bible study by Dr. David Jeremiah. And it's, uh, it's where do we go from here? Just with everything that's been going on, where's our stance? And I think it's really important for us as believers, as a church, to really know where do we stand on all of this so that we're not swayed to and fro by every voice that the, the society is pressuring uh, onto us, but we that Jesus stays the center of our thoughts. So I think it's really key that you uh, participate, and it's going to be starting October 31st. And our uh, missions for the is disaster relief. Uh, I know that some of you have heard of everything that Haiti has gone through. They've gone through one disaster after the other. And so that's going to be our mission focus for this month. And we have a little video uh, just to give you a little heads up as to what that is all about.
So we're going to take a few seconds to give you an option to do, to do the, what he's asking us to give. The baskets are in the front. We're going to give you a few minutes to stand and to do that. Let's give back to people who are in need. Uh, it just seems like Haiti has really been hit before Mark. He was down there with the last earthquake uh, where thousands while he was there where they're still buried under the rubble. And so uh, then they get hit again. So uh, we got to keep them in prayer. Also keep in prayer the, the church in Afghanistan. There's some, uh, they have a target on their backs. They're looking for them the Taliban to shoot and kill them and so just pray for them that uh, God will protect them and this is happening right now I've, I've uh, been logging in prayer for these people and some have decided to stay they don't want to leave they want to uh, get the gospel out in Afghanistan knowing they could be shot anytime or decapitated and uh, so it's getting the uh, we got to think of these people and uh, we can praise the Lord that uh, maybe we have a bit of a difficulty, but not very much compared to other people. So who would have thought that three years ago that if you were singing as a congregation, a church could be fined? That's where we're at now. And uh, so we will continue to praise the Lord and... Uh, uh, I looked at the government guidelines. It didn't say anything about not shouting and shouts of joy to the Lord's so. Let her rip. So we're going to uh, do communion this morning. We have, uh, you see, if there's a little wafer on the on the top part there. It comes apart. And so we're going to, uh, I'm just going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And it says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you drink this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Jesus said he'd come again. Uh, I think what we're seeing now is 
and with this COVID-19, it's a precursor to the days that are coming. And uh, not quite sure what it's going to look like in North America, but uh, if you can see the way the, uh, the government is uh, in putting regulations in and more control, uh, and it didn't take much. And it doesn't take much to lose your freedom. And so uh, we're just going to thank the Lord that, uh, that he's with us until he comes. He said he's going to come. He also described what signs, what would be like until he comes. And you can see the signs. But it also says uh, not to be focused all on that stuff, but the main thing is to keep that relationship with Jesus on a day-to-day -day basis. That's the key thing right now. I know some, uh, we're going to look at David Jeremiah coming up, and he has a pretty good perspective on him. You know, how to answer what's going on, you know, culturally, cancel culture, all these things are going on, the critical race theory, all these things that are happening. He'll be looking into that, so that'll give you a, a, a bird's eye view of what's going on. But this morning, we're, gonna, we're doing this in remembrance of what Christ has done for us. No, he, he died on the cross so that you and I could have uh, an eternity with him and fellowship with him. And so uh, we, we just want to praise the Lord. We can meet together like this and do this. You look at the church in China, they have to do it in hiding, underground. And, uh, and the church is still growing. So uh, even though they're, the government uh, uh, you know, forbids them to meet like that, they still, for, they still meet. They still proclaim the gospel. They're obeying God rather than man. And uh, we'll probably get to that point here in North America, the way it's headed. And so I think the key thing is here is that we do this, proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. He's coming again. And we should be ready for his return. We don't know when. Could be any time for that matter. So I'm just going to pray. Father, I just thank you for this time together, and we just thank you for these elements that we can, that represent your, your body and your blood. And we just uh, thank you, Lord, that we can come in remembrance of what you've done for us. And Lord, I just ask you to reveal yourself to each one here today in a special way, uh, that as we partake you know, in the communion today, that we'll have a, another revelation of the the work you did on the cross. You know, how our sins were nailed to the cross. And we are forgiven by what you did on the cross. And we just thank you, Lord, for that. And I just ask you to bless these elements this morning in Jesus' name. And so it says here, I receive from the Lord that which I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke and said, This is my body, which is for me. Do this in remembrance of me. Can we partake together? In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. 
do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. We partake together. You can just leave them under your seat and they'll be picked up later on. what I want you to do. I went to um, a funeral uh, a few uh, last week, and the one thing that I found that was very, really appropriate was that uh, the gentleman who was doing the funeral said, I, I want you to stand, and everybody was distanced, obviously, and I want you to wave, and just wave at your sisters and brothers. So I want you to stand right now. I need you to wave. Wave at your sisters and brothers. Just, hello, reach out, say hi. Who would have thought <laughs> that we're waving from a distance? And that wave goes with a hug and a big, 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 for those that my sisters and brothers, a big hug and a kiss. I want you to sit down. And I want you to also today, if you can, one person after another. You see, we've just taken the time to celebrate the communion. We asked God, we told God, thank you for sending Jesus for us. Without Jesus, we'd be without hope today. And so I want to remember how faithful he has been. So I want to say thank you, Jesus, for your faithfulness. Now, who else wants to say thank you to Jesus tonight? Deliverance. For his peace, his protection. Love, joy, guidance. For what? <laughs> for our what? <laughs> I thought he says for letting the doors to be shut. What? All right. Not letting. I know. I got it now. <laughs> got to put my earrings on. No. Uh, but yeah, so we, we can actually stand at this place. So today, like I said, we're doing something totally different. We are actually going to go straight in to the sermon. Because ultimately, we actually take for granted what comes to us so literally, so so wonderfully every Sunday. And I have this list of worship, which I am going to bring right after this message. So first, I want to say thank you for coming out today. Thank you for joining us online. Thank you for being faithful to be committed to come and to be discipled by this pulpit. Thank you that you have decided to gather despite the fear and despite the announcements. I want to thank you for just being faithful to the one who has always been faithful to you. Amen? Amen. Today we're doing part five of Next Step, and you're probably saying, well, whoa, I'm going to be lost because now it's part five. But ultimately there is a theme that God was putting together, and I think that's what I'm going to close with today. I'm going to finish this series with the same uh, scripture that I started with. So I hope you have a pen and a piece of paper, because there's going to be a lot of scriptures to be given to you today, and because this is based on the Word of God, and this is the reason why I believe God asked me to change the message this morning for you. So we're going to start with the verse we started this series, which was the first, uh, first Sunday of September. And the verse is Proverbs 29, 18, which says this, Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Now, Proverbs uh, 20, 28, 29, 18, at the end, in the NIV says, But blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. 
One of our biggest burdens today that we face in this society, and you would agree with me, is the lack of truth. Amen? The lack of truth. This verse speaks about a prophetic revelation. When he uses the word vision, it's about prophetic revelation. Hence, the word of God. Now, the thought that goes behind this is that when God's word is not known nor honored, the people run wild and without restraint. They perish. Are we not seeing a society, marriages, families, homes, perishing? The word perish means to be uncovered, to be placed in a place of nakedness, to show no restraints. That means there's just such violence in the home, in marriages, in relationships that there is no boundaries where that is stopping. Now, I started asking myself, is why do so many of God's people, ask yourself the same thing, why are there so many of God's people who are so moved by what's going on when scripture, the truth, gives us a clear understanding of the days that we're living in? 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 5 says this. I'm going to do the beginning and the end of 5. It says, but understand this, that in the last days there will come what? Times of difficulty. And in the end, he says, well, in, in between, he says there will people, you know, lovers of money, you know, haters of God, disrespectful to parents. Did you want me to continue? God gave us a heads up. And then he says on, he says, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Now, the worst perishing that I think could happen to any of us who are called by God's name is that we have godliness without power. Now, because we have absolute truth in our, in our life because of the word of God, we need to understand that there are signs that show us that we are perishing. That we can have the right things to do, but we have no power to be transformed by those right things. I've seen people who know the truth, but that truth has done them nothing. It has done nothing for their homes, nothing for their children, nothing for their marriages. There was a quote that I'm going to write down here. It says, religion without the presence and power of God is like wax fruit. It looks real but possesses no nutritional value. True godliness moves people from sin to righteousness, from a place of being self-centered to be others-centered, from a place of being self-focused and to be God-focused. Isaiah 20, 59, 15 says, truth is nowhere to be found. If we were to ask ourselves, can we find truth in the corners and where we go and talk to the people in our community? Mm, no, you can find relative truth. That means truth that's based on what they feel and how they see and what they think is truth. But we don't see the absolute truth. Now, 2 Thessalonians 2, 10, 11 says this. This gives us another example of what the perishing looks like. And with all wicked deception for those who are perishing, because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. Therefore, God sent them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false. Beloved, we are living in this particular time. And these are talking about people in the world. 
When you talk, when you see verse chapter one, this 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 uh, this uh, letter was given to the church, and he says in chapter one in Second Thessalonians, you know, I thank God for your faith that is growing. He says, I thank God that you're persevering. I thank God that you are counted worthy of His suffering for the cause of Christ. And then he goes on and he says, but he says. There will be a day when Jesus comes to punish those who did not know God or obey the gospel. See, they refuse truth. And when we refuse truth, not only those that don't know God, yes, strong delusion has come. A lot of false things have come, and now we see the results of that. When the rubber meets the road and we come face to face with a horrible pandemic that we have seen, really, truly, when you think about it, even the, the, the whole concept of this pandemic makes no sense to me. And yet the people of the world, they still are not running to God. We're still not seeing spiritual awakening. We're still not seeing a whole bunch of people saying, where's God? I need to find God. Yet there are some who have just come recently because they've realized, oh my goodness, I need to come back to that absolute truth. See, then we have those, you and I, who have embraced, you know, the gift of salvation through the faith of Jesus. Because of what Jesus did, we have received the gift of salvation where we are permitted to go to heaven. But we know that the message on some of us today, even though we come every Sunday, has no value to you. Let me show you this in Scripture. Hebrews 4, 1 to 2, then 6, it says, Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands. Many of us are not restful. Many of us are not sensing the presence of God. He says, Let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. So there's an ability to fall short of that very rest that comes because you are under the covering of the Father. For we also have had the good news proclaimed to us, just as they did. But, listen to this, the message they heard was of no value to them, because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. Therefore, since it still remains for some to enter that rest, and since those who formerly had the good news proclaimed to them, did not go in because of what, beloved? Their disobedience, their lack of, of the next step. See, the existence of absolute truth is a necessary foundation for Christianity. This is what we base our life on. As believers, kingdom disciples, our goal is to walk according to the absolute truth. See, the Bible claims itself to be perfect and, ha and with absolute truths. That means they don't waver, they don't change. They stay the same. That's why they're a sure foundation. Psalm 19:7 says this: "The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony, the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Truth is in the fact that it's verified and indisputable. Truth is verified and indisputable. We believe or else we think we should believe because this is what's happened because the message has no value to a lot of us. We've lost sight. We fall short of the power of that word in our life once obeyed, once that we take our step and follow through and apply it because information could be just information, beloved. 
unless we take that information and walk with it, which I'm going to show you over and over again, which I've showed you in the last four weeks, that unless we do something with that truth, then that message has no value. And then he says here, we, be, we believe every, we believe as Christians that the facts are laid out in the Bible. Do you believe that? And then ask yourself, the next time you make a decision, are you seeking to, to get God's wisdom on that? Or are you always going to your own human wisdom? Just a question. You don't have to answer me today. We believe every answer to life and the truth on any topic is laid out in the word of God. But do you believe that? Because the word of God is put aside on a whole. Do we ever wait long enough to ask God, what are you showing us through the word? That is why our commitment to discipleship is very important. Now, you might be saying, okay, big word, discipleship. It really means that there are believers, followers of God, who are partaking in developing the process that is very progressive of learning to live all of their life under the absolute truth. Now, we know it has to be progressive. We come to God with all our preconceived ideas of God, and then all of a sudden we read a word and go, whoops. That doesn't come from God. I was thinking this way about God, but the Bible tells me he doesn't think like this at all. And so we have to be renewed in our thought. And that's part of the discipleship. We need to actually bring God's standard in, in our everyday life. God didn't exactly mince words in the Bible. He's revealed himself through his son. John 14, 6 says, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now the relative truth out there is that there are many ways to get to heaven. Well, beloved, I'm sorry, but there will be one way, and in the end of the end, this is what's going to happen. Jesus says to all of us, I am the Son of God, I am the way, I am the truth, and he is the life. Many of us are dead in our seats because we don't permit him to do or to lead our life as we should. Because somewhere down the road, we believe that if we give that much, if we become disciples of Christ truly, that we would be losing. No, we lose nothing but gain everything. Heaven comes down and creates a place for us in history. I don't know about you, but I've done a lot of history without God. And I realize that if I look back, there was not much of things that, that actually would prove itself worthy to be called anything of value. And so now we need to understand that truth is powerful. It brings life. It has been since here since the beginning, and it will still exist until today, until forever. Truth is available to all who seek it in the person of Jesus Christ. We don't have to go far. We don't have to overthink it. Jesus came and died and rose again, not only to forgive our sin and to make us right with, with God so we can enter in at any time, 24-7, with confidence and boldness that God will hear our, our request. But not only that, he said, while you are waiting here to get to heaven, I'm going to give you new life. I'm going to give you a new nature, a new heart, a new family. Why would we not want to gather with others who think the same way we do, who hope the same way we do? If we don't see any importance or any desire to gather, beloved, I'd have to question your salvation. 
Because scripture says that if we love God, we will love others. The one another scripture, that's where I was supposed to go this morning. The one another scripture, a hundred times in the New Testament, 59 times relates to relationship. And so many times, for us, when it comes to relationship, we don't go to the authority of words. No, we go to our past as an authority. Oh, well, I won't trust anybody in the church because look what they've done. Oh, I think I'm just going to go online and find a body online. No, I am sorry, beloved. This body is the body that God gave you. He gave you that body so you can learn to be trained as a disciple. You made it all about you. It was all about Jesus. He was using the body to bring us to that place of being that kingdom disciple. We cannot do it in an isolation. We cannot do it without others. Truth is available in Jesus Christ, even though our society tells us that it's narrow-minded to believe in ultimate truth. There is a lot of evidence that says we should run after it with all of our hearts. Christ says the truth will set us free. But when was the last time you went to see that message? When was the last time that you decided not to run to your own intellect or your own earthly wisdom or lean on your understanding and you ran to that truth? John 8, 31, 32 says this, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciple if you remain faithful to my teachings. How do we remain faithful if we don't even know what his teachings are? How do we do the next step? We can't. Do you see why the enemy wants you out of your word? Because you literally become powerless without the understanding of how we are to embrace and remain in that truth. Don't let the enemy rob you of the authority and power that God has given you by relying and depending on the word of God to guide everything in your life. And then he says, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Isn't it amazing when we are, you know, at a place in our life where where we go face to face, you know, this is what I do when I counsel people. I hear and I listen to them. My job is to bring them to this absolute truth. I'm just a caregiver. I need to bring them to the cure giver. You can't be cured without the word of God, without embracing, following, picking up your mat when God's revealed it to you, without honoring that very truth that will set you free. You can pray 24-7, you can do all the activity, but all God is asking you to do right now, right now, at this very moment, is surrender. We surrender to a whole lot of other authorities in our lives. But when it comes to the absolute truth, we find ourselves missing the value of the message. Without truth, our next step will be slippery. We settle for other standards of truth to guide us. And we sometimes get to the point where we say, whatever. Whatever. Kind of settle. Whatever. That is why in the last many weeks, I've challenged you not to walk by sight. 
I challenge you to walk by faith. I said not to cast your confidence in things in the wrong place or the wrong people, but to cast your confidence in the faithfulness of God. All of it brings this, when we do, when we walk by sight and we cast our confidence in the wrong, confidence in the wrong things, then this attitude becomes ours, whatever. Yeah, 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 she preached. Oh yeah, it sounded good. But the message has no value. See, to believe whatever you want is pretty scary. To do whatever seems best to you is scary. To live for whatever brings you pleasure is scary. People say, well, as long as I'm not hurting anyone, you know that every action and every decision you make has a ripple effect. Your choices are not in a vortex. They affect everybody in your life. But we are so self-centered that we don't realize the consequence of our choices. And yet, if we try, if I try to tell anyone that what they're standing on is wrong, whoa. But I will not stop telling you, especially when I see that the value of the message has so diminished that it doesn't even move you from point A to point B, that you do not take the next step, I will continue to proclaim it. So where does that leave us when we're surrounded with that understanding of no absolute truths in our world, and then we're surrounded by people who call themselves Christians, Maybe not super followers of Christ yet, but they are wondering, you know, where does that leave me? Where do I go from there? Well, we have this ultimate truth. It gives us both the way to explain in the world around us why we stand the way we stand, but it also gives us the basis of making our decisions. So many of us, we, we fret. We think, well, how do I make the decision? Well, I don't know what I'm going to do. My car broke down. Well, when was the last time you ever decided to say, you know, God, I am not going to lose my peace over this decision. I'm just going to give it to you. That's what casting means. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to go seek you and find out what my next step is. It is about the next step. True kingdom disciples seek to find God's mind and heart in regards to any subject. That's, that's lacking in Christianity today. Dr. Evans says this, our job as believers in Christ is to hitch our wagon up to Jesus. Find how he thinks and feels about the subject and respond accordingly. And when you do this, the promise of rest comes in. Do you see what they needed to do first? They needed to ha grab their wagon and hitch it up to Jesus. Matthew 11, 28, 30 says th this, come to me all you are weary and burdened. Are you weary and burdened today? And I will bring you rest. The step is come, is acknowledging your need of God. God, I am coming to you today. I'm weary and I'm burdened, but I didn't come to you. I hid within my defaults. I, I kept myself busy, so busy that I just, I wasn't thinking about anything. I shut down everything, walked in denial, justified everything. And while you're doing that, you never actually have heaven's rest. And so God says, come to me. 
And then he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am what? Gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When was the last time you ever thought that your burden is easy and your burden is light? Never. But when we let him, first by acknowledging our need, by going to him and finding out what's his heart on this situation and waiting. It takes a lot of courage to wait. Last week I had to wait on God and I didn't move. I changed my schedule, I made sure I wasn't distracted and I waited. I didn't get my answer until Friday morning. But the point is, is that now I needed to take the step in what he was asking me to do. The burden we face today, they are heavy, and the fear of the future is super real to many of us. Our solution is about where we decide to hitch our wagon. Your next step is to stop making excuses and start hitching your wagon to Jesus. How many times are you going to do it your way? See, the word says to us, as followers of Jesus, we are told that we have access to a covering of the Father and that we have access to his wisdom. Who wants my wisdom when I can give you the Father's wisdom? Which he imparts to all those who understand lordship. That means lordship is that we are surrendered and submitted progressively to live out our life according to this absolute truth I was talking about. It's about doing it his way, by his thoughts. Because, you know, we, we religious folks, we sometimes think that we have to do a lot in order to make it real with God. God says, I already made it real with you. I sent my son. All you have to do is just relate to him. Relate to what he says. See, when we actually walk under his lordship, we will experience his presence, his power, and authority for whatever we face. Now, Although God is able to do anything and everything for us, he also calls us to actively participate in his will and his plan by taking steps towards his goal for us. That means that we have our own goals, beloved, when it comes to pain. We have our own standards when it comes to betrayal. We have our own measurements when it comes to relationships. But God is saying... If you don't walk according to my path, you'll never experience what I've let you have through my son. Many of God's children are not fully enjoying the benefits of living with Christ because they have hitched their wagons to the world for help. They have hitched their wagons to their own resources. I'll fix it. I'll figure it out. Or their own wisdom. We say we belong to God, but we insist on plowing our own field, not letting God plow our field. That we go our own way and not thinking that there will be no consequences to that or following our own will in any given situation. We wonder, why is there no power evident in our lives and in the lives of those that we love? Well, we don't get the benefit of Christ unless of Christ if we don't willingly choose to go where he says to go. Has God been asking you to do something? And you are going, how long? God's waiting. Has God asked you to adjust your thoughts 
had a quote in an article I sent to my leaders last week where it says, whoever has your mind has your future. I found it very fitting. Because on the whole, most of us, God doesn't have our mind. The enemy has our mind with all the lies and the messages we got since we're kids. But we have to be real. We have to acknowledge what has and captivated our thoughts these days. See, your victory as a kingdom disciple entirely depends on your level of surrender. And there are areas in my life I'm surrender. I don't even think twice. Surrender, surrender, surrender. But there are other areas that God has to awaken me because I am being stubborn. Has it ever happened to you? Oh, thank God, God knows I'm fickle. Oh, thank God, he says I'm just but dust. You see, he knows my frailty. He never turns from me. He says, come to me, Mona, and I will show you how to deal with that frailty, with that weakness. We don't have to worry about it because all that, you know, all suppressing power is in me anyway. It doesn't change because I'm not getting it. It's still there. Now, when we don't respond to his truth, then hardness sets in. I'm coming to an end in about a few minutes. A few minutes. This is what he says in Hebrews 3, 7 to 8. Um, I'm going to ask those to shut the heat down because I'm like really hot. And I'm, I'm thinking I'm preaching, but I, <laughs> I'm thinking it's really hot in this place today. Please remove and put on the fans, please, if you can. So Hebrews 3, okay, all the eyes here, come towards me. Hebrews 3, 7, and 8 says there, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness. Do you not think that we're not in the day of testing with this, all of this, what's going on with the pandemic? How are you responding? Are you responding to God bringing you back? He, you've been responding, and then you've been responding. So what is God showing you? Are you responding to God? And then he says in verse 12, Take care, brother, brothers, lest there be an, in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to what? Fall away from the living God. Godliness without power. To fully enjoy what God, what God is, it wants to give us. To get relief from our burdens. We have to decide where we're going to be hitching our, our wagon today. Last week, I quickly hitched my wagon to Jesus because I discovered a verse in Proverbs 20 that I realized that I was hasty in making some of the decisions that I've made in the last several months. And in that verse, it said that you would have to probably reconsider your vows. That means I have to go back and change some things. So you kind of see how I'm changing some things. Like, thank God, I'm not going to focus on my failures. The fact is, is that we all don't always make good judgments. Oh, good, there's two hands. So it's just, just like, I'm like, yeah, thank you. But you see, there's nothing wrong with mistakes. You see, my mistakes don't define me. It's how I get up. And who has my mind while I go through it? So I took the next, I waited, and I waited until God showed me what I needed to do, and I took the next step, and I aligned my life to what he was saying. And relief came. The choice is before us. Was I going to stay committed in seeking God, stay connected with him? Was I going to agree, that means to surrender, to take my step by walking with him, not 
leading, not landing on my own wisdom or understanding? Will I walk with him wherever he leads and for how, however long it's going to take him? See, biblical faith is a response to a revelation. If we don't respond in obedience to what God has already made clear, the perishing happens. Do we lose our salvation? Absolutely not. But do we walk without power? Yes and yes. Psalm 107, verse 10 and 11 says this. Let me show you what it is when you fail to take your next step. It is not God that puts this before us. It is us when we choose to have other standards of truth as we make our decisions. Some sat in darkness and deepest gloom, imprisoned in iron chains of misery. They rebelled against the words of God, scorning the counsel of the Most High. Verse 17 and 19 and 20. Some were fools. They rebelled and suffered for what? Their sins. Then they cried out, Lord, help. And he saved them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them, snatching them from the door of death. Hallelujah. It doesn't say it's because we earned it or we did everything right. No, we cried out and God snatched me from the doors of death. And this is a beautiful promise when we take the step, when we obey with what God is showing us. He says this in uh, verse 35. He turned the desert into pools of water and the parched ground into flowing springs. Why do you think I rush to hope when I do things I shouldn't be doing? Because he turns my desert into pools of water. And that parked place, because I was so stubborn, he brings flowing springs out of them. Doesn't that give us an assurance and a hope to just let go of our filthy rags and all the things that we do and say, God, I choose you. Yes, you have a standard that is unmovable, but it's because you want to do me good. You love me and you have a plan. See, we live in uncertain times. God has already revealed how we should be walking in these days. He says, be not afraid. Be anxious for nothing. Then he gives a promise in Isaiah 26, 3, and he says this. Keep, listen, listen to this. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he what? Trusts in you. You keep me in perfect peace when I take the step to get my mind stayed on you, not on the problem, not on the mountain, not on the challenges, but on you. So how do I experience this perfect peace? I trust and I obey. I step the way he wants me to step, keeping my mind on his truth. Max Licato, and I'm coming to an end, says this, Shift your focus away from the challenges of life at hand and ponder the the power of your almighty God. Trust is the center of the reason why so many of us do not take the next step. But could it be, because trust is about belief, could it be that that message that you've been given, you've not given any value to it? 
And somewhere down the road, you stubbornly refuse those areas that God is telling you to take a step. Secondly, the reason why we have difficulties in taking the step is that we have hitched our wagon to the wrong thing and embraced the whatever attitude. We have settled for darkness. We have settled for less because we don't believe that God can do it. Do you remember in my sabbatical when God had showed me the 5% and the one thing was the second one is my relationship with my husband? Well, I had come to a place because of sickness that I, I didn't want to burden my husband and I kind of actually withheld myself from my husband. I didn't know I was doing it. And then it came to a place that we, we became disconnected, always unified because we both loved the kingdom. But when it came to our intimate connection, it had diminished over the years. And I, I had to tell you when God says, do you believe that I can restore that? I said, no. But then I said quickly, God, Lord, help my unbelief. Do you know today my relationship with my husband, because I've settled, I didn't settle for the whatever. I settled for what the Lord of God told me I could do and have with him. The journey of sickness or not. We have to go back to the absolute truth. Now, the third reason why we are not experiencing peace or rest is when we choose to walk according to our own wisdom, our own understanding, and stubbornly refuse what God has showed us through people. You go back to your conversations. Why do you think I listen? Because within the listening, I'm hearing something God wants to show me. And so many of us, God is showing you, you're not aligned in your marriage by a conversation. You're not aligned as you discipline your children by an event that's happened. You're not aligned with your attitude at work because you're not honoring, as I say it, in the word. You see what I'm saying, beloved? It would actually help us not to become bitter, not to lose sight, but yet we choose our own. We hitch up to the wrong wagon. We choose our own, but you know what we do when we choose our own wisdom? We nullify our prayers. We cancel them out. Let me give you an example. Let's just say you want to have healing in your marriage. You want God to heal your family. But we're not willing to take the next step. We're not willing to obey what he's already revealed and asked us. For me, God was saying, I need you to love him as he is. I need you to surrender all of your needs, and you need to trust that I'll take care of you. I had to believe and obey what God was telling me. I needed new eyes to see my husband. I needed a new heart and a new way to serve him. Because you see, people are watching. And if my relationship, my husband, reflects the kingdom, then I want them to see kingdom purpose in my marriage. It was never about us anyway. Yeah, I grieved. I did what I needed to do. So I needed to hitch my wagon, which I did. So the challenge for us today is to hitch our wagon onto Jesus. It's a personal choice. I can't do it for you. So let's cast our burdens and cares upon him this morning and take the steps that are fairly clear before us. I want to finish with 1 Peter 5 that says this. I need you to stand as I read scriptures to you today. You want to know how to take a step? Let me show you. 
what your next step probably is? 1 Peter 5, 6 to 11 says this, humble yourself, my first step, humble. That means I agree with God. Therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due season. My second step is cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Cast means I call out to him in my distress. I trust him, then I give it to him, and then I rest in him. Then he says, be alert. That's my third step. And be sober, my fourth step. Because your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a lion, a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. We are in a warfare, beloved. That's why discipleship is so important. That is so why we need to embrace absolute truths. Because the next step for you and I is the next one where it says resist. We do the resisting. But we can if we're lined up to the things of God. He says resist and then standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself, will himself restore you and make you strong and firm and steadfast. Who is doing it, beloved? We need to get out of the way. And he says, to him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Now, are you guys ready to worship the King of Kings? Now, do you know why I chose to do the worship afterwards? I'm going to ask my worship team to come up. You're going to stand. You're going to stay standing. And you're going to worship him as we lead you in just a few songs. Because you've heard today the call to take the next step. So what God, what is God showing you? Have you hitched your wagon to the wrong things? God's calling you back. God loves us. And he's calling us back to that place where we are aligning ourselves to the only truth that will bring us what we need. You need freedom today? Then stop relying on your own strength. Start relying and depending on someone much bigger. I want to start with the song, God is Able. It's one of the new songs that we brought not too long ago.
We can worship him in any place, don't we? Let us not be so stuck to form that we forget just to worship him for who he is. Oh, God. God, we ask, Lord, that this morning, Lord, we'd stop refusing your loving hand that wants to guide us into that path of freedom. This morning, God, that we would hitch our wagon to you, Jesus, according to your absolute truths, because they bring freedom. They bring deliverance, God, healing and restoration. God, we come to you this morning, weak and feeble, but you are strong on our behalf. God, we truly do stand on holy grounds, and there are angels all around us, God, fighting and interceding for us. God, we are not alone in this battle, but many of your people have failed to see the message, and it has become of no value to them. God, I'm asking God for an awakening. I'm asking as I speak this morning, the Holy Spirit would grab a hold and bring the fear of the Lord upon us, that we would not wait not one more minute, God, that we would truly be de depend on you and realize that you are who you say you are. God, that we would not fool around with the things that you've already showed us, but we would take the next and the next step that goes and follows, God. God, let us be dependent as children upon you. Let us trust you and call out your name until you finish what you start. God, we bank on you today, your faithfulness, not people, not church, not things, not careers, just you. Oh, God, we are safe in your arms. God, I thank you, Lord, for the blessing of your word today. I give you all the honor, all the glory, and I ask, Lord, that you bless your people with your presence. Amen, amen, and amen. Was it worth coming today? Uh, I think it was. It was. Here. We're going to finish off. Uh, Chrissy's going to finish off with me. She's going to sing God is for us. Let's do a fast one as we go. Because we don't have to fear the battle, beloved. God is with us. <laughs> 